Please be seated as we hear our next scripture. Our second Old Testament lesson today comes from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I have promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea in the west shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of God, for we are the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, gather all of my insufficiencies and place them in your hands, that you alone may be seen and glorified. Amen. Over the past month, we have journeyed with Moses and the Israelites out of Egypt and through the wilderness. From the calling and equipping of their leader to the development of their community responsibilities. Last week, we talked about the Ten Commandments and the guidelines that help us stay devoted to the God who enters into covenant with us. Through these stories, we see that each aspect of faith is both individual and communal. You know, we have this individual call to follow God and join in God's mission. We are asked to take on tasks as a part of the community of believers, and we have to consider how our individual behavior shows our love to God and our neighbor. In community or as a church, we have things that God has called us as a group to do. We have responsibilities to care for the people and the things that God has given us as our church. And we are asked to maintain a particular way of life so that when people look at us, they can see us pointing to Jesus Christ. Today's message is meant to remind us to stop and to refuel. We cannot have strength for the journey without stopping to give thanks to God. We cannot have courage to face the days ahead if we do not fill our tanks with the energy we require for the path we are asked to take. 
And this applies to us as individuals trying to handle all the daily challenges of a life lived in the Spirit. And it applies to us as a community as we stop and consider where God is carrying us as a church family. As we read the end of Deuteronomy and the beginning of Joshua, we pause and we rest at a stopping place with God's people. Moses, the faithful and extraordinary prophet and leader, is brought up to Mount Pisgah to view the promised land. And from this vantage point, he can see that beautiful countryside that the people will inherit. But God tells him that he will not get to enter it. I can imagine that that fact made Moses rather sad and upset. And at the end of that little section, God, at God's command, Moses dies. You know, Moses was 120 at the time of his passing, and the scriptures tell us that even in his old age, he was full of strength and vitality. Never again would there be another prophet like Moses who saw God face to face. The people mourned their loss for 30 days, weeping on the plains of Moab. They didn't rush on to the promised land without, with, with leaving Moses in the dust. They did not forget God's deeds of power, but they spent some time acknowledging and grieving over their loss and honoring his work. Joshua had already been chosen as the new leader and was commissioned by Moses with the laying on of hands. Joshua had some big shoes to fill, but the people trusted him, and they agreed that they would continue to follow his leadership just as they had followed Moses. What was different at that point in time than in the past was that the people were being led primarily by the Torah, the law, their covenant relationship with God. While it might seem that it is all about this promised land, the guide and the presence of the Torah meant that they had a basis and a resting place when they needed direction. Like the Bible is for us today, we always have a place where we can turn and hear God's voice in God's word whether or not we feel like we have a cherished mentor close by. I try to imagine what it was like for the Israelites to be at the edge of the promised land. Would this be the place where their troubles ceased? Why did Moses have to die? Was this journey worth it? I sure hope that that place over there is all it's cracked up to be. Is that grass really greener? I can imagine that the people were filled with a mixture of hope and doubt, excitement and fear, hope in the promises and the grace of God, and doubt that, that they could do this new thing without that leader, Moses. Not only Moses, but many people who had wandered with them through that time in the wilderness were now gone they would not step into that place of promise. It must have been hard on those who were left to see God's mission through. As a community of faith, we can look back and we give thanks for the many saints who contributed to the work of the gospel in this place. Those who taught us in Sunday school, organized mission initiatives, 
and taught us what it meant to be a Christian. To us, they are heroes of our faith, exhibiting grace and compassion when it was needed and calling the church to band together in difficult circumstances. We know what it's like to miss those who led us to moments of milk and honey. Sometimes we too may feel that mixture of hope and fear about the future. We miss those whom, we, whom used to share our lives and journey with us, and it's bittersweet to walk on without them. Somehow we know that even in the future, more challenges await us, and we don't necessarily want to face those without the epic leaders by our side. Joshua has a unique task in front of him. He is the one who will walk with the people into the new land. Joshua, Yeshua, means salvation. And just as a reminder, that is Jesus' name, too. Joshua is not meant to be comparable to Moses, but he is filled with wisdom. And the keys are passed to him to carry on and to continue to uphold the law and the guidelines that God has given the Israelites. God directly promises Joshua that God will be with him. We hear it three times right in that verse. Be strong and courageous. I will be with you. Verse 5, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. What encouraging and promising words from that text. The obstacles and challenges before the Israelites didn't end just because they were headed into a land flowing with milk and honey. Before the Israelites made it to the other side of the Jordan, they were already making plans for the next challenge, right, of battling and defeating Jericho. Joshua would have to be the one who led during a time of war, which, of course, is one of the most difficult things to do. We today know that our future isn't without obstacles. The milk or the nourishment and the honey or the goodness we experience will be part of the days ahead. But it won't be the only part. Like any journey, we will endure days of hardship and days of ease. But we continue on in the hope of promise with God near us and with the guide of God's word. We gather this morning around this common table to pause once again and give thanks to God. And we repeat that process right over and over in the life of the church so that we do not forget. We come to that table again and again for strength for the journey. As John Wesley would say that by taking communion, we are made more fit for the service of God and more constant in it. As we give thanks, we are connected to our past. We hear the story of God's people in the liturgy, and we are reminded of Christ's love for all humanity. We are fed in the present by experiencing God's presence in this very room and by being surrounded with a community of love. We are forgiven of our sins, and we confess, and we rise to new life and new beginnings. We are prepared for the future filled with the Spirit to love God, to share God, and to be God's light in the world. If we want to receive God's strength and God's courage, it is available to us at the table. In addition, today we're spending sort of special attention, we're paying attention to our connection 
with Christians across the world celebrating communion today. The faith of the Lord goes on and on in our different expressions and different cultures across the globe. That funny question that kids ask on a road trip, are we there yet, <laughs> reminds us that our journey continues as a church, as a people of God, and as Jesus' disciples. We journey with God through times of great joy and thanksgiving and through times of concern and frustration. What we know without a doubt is that God is with us wherever we go, and we can call upon God and look to God for strength, courage, and perseverance when the road seems challenging or when the road seems frightening. Today, may we consider stepping into a land whose landscape is quite different from the wilderness. May we be encouraged to have faith in those around us who lead with dedication. And may we be compelled to continue this journey with God as our guide. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.